When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Lafondra looking to get side of Vaughn. Lafondra away from Davis! 3-1 running! Three points running! Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Feud. And hallelujah, we have got three points a positive match and result to talk about a 3-1 win over Peterborough United. And I've been joined by Nick Holton. Hi, Nick. How are you doing? Hi, Paul. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. And I've also joined by the preview host as well, Matt Williamson. Hi, Matt. Yeah, I mean, everyone should know me by this point, right, Paul? Well, of course. Of course. Man of the people, aren't you? Exactly. <laughs> Well, there are lots of positives to take from last uh, night's performance and win. Massively needed for Panovic players and I think most of all the fans we needed something to cling on to didn't we because we've seen a lot of goals going in I don't think goal scoring is a problem for us but defensively we've been absolutely awful last night we got away with a little bit of points but we saw one change we saw Southwood coming in for Raphael and uh Alleged incident with the whiteboard. Nobody knows if that's completely true or not, but I do like the idea of this whiteboard getting smashed. So I do hope it is true. I'd love to ask him at some point. But what were you thinking going into this match, Nick? Were you nervous or feeling positive? I was quite positive that would be Peter. I don't think we're a bad side. I, I feel like we've had a lot of defensive issues, but we are scoring goals for fun, despite not having our two biggest goal scorers, and we're not going to have them for a lot of the season. Uh, obviously, Swift is a is a big part of that. Uh, I'm quite happy Southwood's got his chance. He's been patient for it. I feel like he's deserved that chance. Uh, I've followed him since he was an under-18, and I've been massively impressed with him. I followed his loan spells. Uh, I know it's a new level, but he's excelled everywhere he's been. Uh, the, the game I saw him play was against Chelsea, under-18s, and in the Youth Cup. And we should have lost about 8-0. They were just superior and he kept the score down. We lost 2-1. And just, he he is a very talented goalie. Maybe he's a bit short, but following the start of that game, you could see that he's quite assured. He was shouting at the defence and commanding the defence well. And he just looked calm. 
just looked calm and cool. There was no real rash errors, no eccentricity. It was just calm, cool, collected goalkeeping. Yeah, basically. I I thought he was definitely getting probably at least a 7 out of 10 there. Matt has no issues on crosses, looked comfortable, looked confident. You'd look like a championship goalie, didn't you? Yeah, absolutely. Like He comes and collects things that Raphael wouldn't necessarily um, pulled off two saves that I think were probably, you know, not as hard as maybe they looked, but just the way that he saved them probably gives him more credit. <laughs> and that's completely fair enough. Like, I think for the first one, especially, like he kind of doesn't push it wide enough, but that's being ultra critical. Um, and I think in some ways it was a nice game for him to come in. At, uh, like Peterborough, obviously not, I mean, they're a good attacking team, but they're not the strongest team in the division. They didn't really try pressing him when he had the ball at his feet. Um, and then, yeah, the long shots he dealt with well. Whether Raphael would have let those in, it's almost irrelevant. Like, the idea that he's saving long shots and Raphael is bad at long shots, it just plays into the whole narrative. So, yeah, I think in many ways, a good debut and also just just a good debut in terms of, you know, the hype around him, yeah. which... You, whether right or wrong exists yeah totally i mean i openly admit that i was a little bit nervous about him because i remember the last game of the season when he played against huddersfield and i think you openly admit i think he did after the game actually that the second one he definitely should have saved but he's a young goalie he's coming into the league let's just hope for the best for him he's obviously got a good pedigree as well um so i'm optimistic and i think i, think I agree with you matt the first save which he makes diving to his uh, left-hand side. Yeah, I think maybe he should push that a little bit further away, but this has been really picky, isn't it? But the one just before the half-time whistle, I thought that was a fantastic save. And as much as Raphael is okay in the championship, it's those long-range shots that really concern me. And yeah, he has got a little bit of Hollywood about him, hasn't he, with his saves? But he makes the save, and that is all that matters, isn't it? And I feel comfortable with him going into the game against Fulham because Raphael's now come out saying he isn't as bad injured as we initially thought. But let's get on to that first half display, Nick. Um, it was not great, was it? Well, we'd end up winning the game, but it was pretty. It was just slow and no passion. Not passion, that's the wrong word to use. No kind of pace to it. Yeah, I'd agree. It was a slow tempo. We couldn't really string many passes together. We had a couple of half-decent moves forward, but we didn't really create any chances at all. I can't really remember many shots at all, if any, in the first half. Uh, we weren't passing well. Swift was probably too deep, uh, sloppy. We, apart from the two saves Southwood made, we didn't really look like conceding. Uh, I felt like we were just playing safe and just sitting back, letting people have the ball without being threatened too much. But at the same time, not making the most of it when we did get the ball. We were too slim ball, no tempo. And I felt like it wasn't, they wanted it. I felt like they wanted it a bit more. Those loose balls, those 50-50 balls. I felt like Peterborough wanted to win those slightly more than what we did. Uh, better team may have had more joy out there, like a Fulham or whoever else, a QPR. They may have had more joy. But I think that shows the pressure we're under at the minute to show that we don't want to concede and start on the back foot and go up the mountain. We want to just keep the score low and take our chance, which uh, obviously eventually we did. So it paid off, but I do think it's slightly papering over cracks despite the eventual comfortable win. That first half display does need to improve, but we can build on that now. That's the positive out of it, really. 
Yeah, I think um, for us to believe that we're suddenly going to win the league and go to Fulham and win 4 0 and just smash every team now, I think it would be slightly uh, delusional, Matt, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's much the same as what happened with the Preston match where we looked very good and then just couldn't string the results together. Like, personally, I thought, as Nick said, like, there was just no transition. And I, in some ways, I think it was an overreaction to the QPR match. Like, Pauno's come out and said that we were trying to keep it tight and yes okay we did that but at the detriment to any attacking threat at all and i think that that's not sustainable um i mean yes we've scored three goals and we'll come on to those but those you know especially where we scored them from okay we've got john swift and and delhi bashiru who turned 20 yarders into tap-ins but Mm -hmm. you you can't expect that every single game and especially the tempo only came once we scored that first goal. It wasn't, it, there wasn't a tactical change that precipitated it or anything. It, that to me was a little bit worrying. Yeah, I have to agree. And I talk about the tactical changes that we've seen this season, not just last night, was the movement of Josh Lauren. And it's particularly last night, and we were talking before we started recording this, Matt, that he was almost playing as a third centre back, wasn't he? It was so deep. Yeah, I mean, it, this is sort of what I was talking about just then. Like we, we almost split um, our players into almost a back five and a front five um, with Josh Lauren dropping. Yeah. Into a third center back or occasionally he'd go to the left or the right, depending on where the space was. And that's something we saw him do a lot last season. Um, not, not so much into the center back space, but um, wide to allow the fullbacks to push up. But we saw him do that with Reno as a partner and without anyone else there, um, it just it leaves this massive hole in the middle of midfield unless Swift drops deep and then there's no one further forward because Swift isn't there anymore. So, um, yeah, I didn't love that, to be honest. Um, it also means that he has to do a lot more work on either side of him. Um, whether or not he can continue to do that in a tougher match uh, I'm not sure but I also think um, I think it was Jordan uh, was talking about this after the match um, that it was partly because Peterborough were playing two up top and and we wanted that extra man covering so maybe we won't see it again who knows I hope we don't (laughs) have to be frank and I'm absolutely certain now I've said that he will do that against Fulham and maybe there's some logic in that but one player I want to talk about is George Puskas. Now, during that first half, he had one half chance when John Swift plays him through on goal. Now, he'd need a fantastic touch to take that through and have a shot. But he takes it down, plays it off. That's not if he doesn't get shot away. But I think the last two games, he's really shown what he can do in the championship. And I think he's up to his game there, Nick. And if we see this consistency, he does have an influence later in the match. I think might maybe able to get through to January if he stays fit and maybe he will start to get some goals. Yeah, I think maybe this game time is hard. I've been quite critical of him this season. And, uh, I think that's uh, that's rightly so. But the one side of that was he needed that run of games to get going. He didn't have that last season. He was injured or behind jail. So he never had that run of games. Uh, this season, he's getting that run of games. And the last two, QPR and, and last night against Peterborough, he played well. He caused problems. I think he gave, I thought he had de- device for QPR. I thought he had him completely in his pocket and he gave Dickie a few troubles as well. He's been great this season. And then yesterday, first half, he was very isolated. He did the best he could with not a lot of support at all because I think we were playing deeper and safer. 
But the second half, he came alive more, got the 90 minutes, which he fully deserved, um, got the assist, did really well for the assist. Sometimes I think he's moving too wide and there's no one in the box. Uh, there's times where him, Swift and Ajari were all wide left and you want one of them, preferably your striker, to move in. Uh, I think he just needs that goal now to get a bit of confidence. And there was a sort of chance later on for 3-0. Swift actually took it on his left foot and he wasn't happy at all. He wanted that laid off to him and we don't know if he would have scored. He probably, knowing him, you know, we, we don't expect him to at the moment. But that one goal could change everything. He almost scored against QPR for header. And I think at the minute, he's just that he's performing really well. And I think we've got to give him some credit. His confidence should be improving. And he's a goal away from hopefully kicking on and starting to, let's let's just say that he might score a handful of goals and move on and we can actually start supporting him again. Yeah, I was going to bring up that chance you just mentioned of when John Swift definitely yeah. should have passed him. But yeah. I love the fact that he was so angry that he didn't get the ball. He wants yeah, he just wants that chances. That's oh, what he wants. Because, you know, if, if he doesn't get chances, he's definitely not going to score. That's a certain. Yeah. And that's a play, like you said, in the first half there, Matt. Um, sorry, but I, I do think that it's hard to criticise a player from that first half display because there was he was so far away from everyone else. Most of that first half, we were just sat on the halfway line at, at the highest. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to bring up old old bad memories but it was very much like watching uh mark bowen team um just you've got your striker up top and then everyone else behind the ball and you're not trying to go out and score and i i mean yeah uh, george pushkas isn't that type of striker he's gonna need people around him and uh, yeah there was a tweet that was talking about Zhao, like his hold up compared to Zhao, and uh, you know it's never gonna be the same type of player but what he does maybe I'm going to say it. What I think he does better than Zhao is bring other players in in a way that Zhao doesn't because Zhao often likes to play with the ball himself and then laying it off is sort of a, almost a last resort at times for Zhao, whereas George Puskas will play it first time and then move. And I think that that can be really beneficial if you if you play to that strength. But um, And I think, I think I said this a while ago, like Reading have to play to George Puskas and, and I think the run of games that Nick was talking about as much as that's George Puskas getting up to speed, it's also Reading getting up to speed with him in the team. And I, I do think that we're going to see the benefits of that going forward. Um, and yeah, he is improving game on game and that can only be a good thing. Yeah, I mean, he keeps at these levels. It's absolutely fine, isn't it? I don't have an issue with it. I must say, I kind of agree with Nick's earlier point. That if you just say central slightly more, I, I'd really like that. But I think sometimes there's a lack of confidence in those areas as well because it is easier for him to get possession on the side, on the wings. And he does play players in, and he's definitely his build-up play and his hold-up play has improved significantly since when he first signed. I can see that. I mean, if you look at the one against QPR on Saturday, that's a great touch. But then he just hesitates for half a second, probably too long. I mean, I feel really harsh saying that because that was not a golden opportunity. But if there's a striker in form, he gets a shot away there. And he doesn't consider it. But I do think there's something there that we can work on. Are we all agreed that if he stays fit, we're going to be okay until January, maybe? Well, yeah, as long as he stays so. fit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the question, isn't it? Because yeah. if he doesn't stay fit, we're going to have big issues. So, you know, maybe he does need more backing from everyone because everybody I know, and I've been critical of George Puskas, definitely. But sometimes you just have to see what you've got in front of you and deal with that. Because if we have to go to Clark, 
that's really, really, really tough for him. He's too young to be playing consistently in the championship. But getting back to the game from last night, we move into the second half. And at halftime, I'm thinking, I'm really not quite sure where this goal's going to come from, Nick. I mean, we look, just didn't get going at all at the start of the second half. And Peterborough looked like they were going to score. Yeah, the second half started much like the first half. And I was sitting there saying to my dad, I thought half time would kick something up and, and we'd improve. And that generally does happen to the home side if they're not playing very well. And we just didn't at all. Um, I think Halilovic just before the free kick as well tried to break down the right. And I, I feel like the defenders are starting to read him a bit. He's a very classy player, but he likes to cut inside on that left foot. Um, and they're showing him wide because he doesn't want to go wide. And just before he won that free kick, he sort of put it through some of his legs, but lost the ball without it being a foul and wasn't happy. Then seconds later, he actually gets the free kick doing the same thing again. Um, and you know that if Swift's on it, there's a good chance that it's going to be a, a goal or a good save or, you know, a close chance. Um, it sounds like we've, Halilovic is going to be good at free kicks as well. So it's nice to have two players. He had one against QPR, which was decent. It wasn't going in, but he said keep saved it comfortably. But it sounds like we've now got two players that can score score a free kick from 30 yards out, which is which is good. Um, and just as he's lining that up, you know you want Swift on that. Nil-nil, you're not creating much. Halilovic can take it, but you want Swift in his form over that ball. And it was delight, I was delighted to see him take that. Um, and just I've seen the replay from behind, just the way it curls round, just going off target. It just curls late into the corner. No chance of a keeper at all, which is great. Yeah, I see criticism from Peterborough fans for their goalkeeper, and I think no, that's no harsh. Yeah, <laughs> no chance at all. That is really harsh, Matt, isn't yeah. it? Because I think he just hit that. Yeah, it's not absolutely in the top corner, but he's hit no. it with such pace as well, hasn't he? Over the wall as well, over the wall. Uh, keeper's covering the other side. We should be covering the other side. I don't think you can fault any keeper for that going in, personally. Great save if you save it. My opinion. Yeah, I don't think there's another player at the moment, Matt, who you'd want taking a free kick from that distance in this league. He's he's absolutely on fire. No, I mean, I like I don't know many better players in this league, to be perfectly honest, than mm. an on song John Swift. Like, yes, okay, he he doesn't have a miraculous injury record, but you can see how good he is. And like, yes, Michael Ali's last season. Um, it's all Michael Alise, because I don't know anymore. Because <laughs> yeah, which one is it? Yeah. Anyway, okay, now this is another debate, isn't it? Let's sidetrack for a moment. Which one is it? Is it Elise or Alise? Because now he's saying is Elise. So I don't know which well, one it is. Alice, <laughs> I'm assuming, have talked to him and asked him. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to calling him Elise. But anyway, <laughs> he was involved in five of their six goals in the under 23s or whatever this uh, the other day. So it's nice to see him doing well. Anyway, not the point. Uh John Swift. Um, obviously, having Michael Lee's last, uh, Lee say last season, um, you could see how good he was. But I think that people were forgetting how good John Swift was yeah. um, because yeah. he just he he is on another level to Michael Elise at the minute. And that's no disrespect to him because he probably will go on to be a better player. But an on song John Swift is just insane. And he's finally putting up these numbers. I think he would have had numbers... Um, a couple of seasons ago until Mark Bowen swapped him to be the deepest of the midfielders and it all kind of petered out from there about midway through January. But uh, it's, it, he, he's he's guilty Sigurdsson levels this season so far and long may it continue. 
I had a message last night from a Ren fan who I won't name uh, talking about that and bringing up Gilfie Sigerson and comparisons between his uh, actions on the pitch and saying how that can we put him in that bracket yet? And I would agree at the moment he's hitting the, those levels, isn't he? He's just been absolutely incredible. And it's not just the goals, it's his all-round play. I mean, the confidence just flows from that. And he's done it from day one and he's scoring big goals when we need them, Nick. I mean, he's not getting these goals when we're 3-0 down, getting consolation goals. He's scoring the first goals. No, he's, he's turning up. I'm his biggest fan. I, I love him. I've rated him since he signed. He's got better. He's in his peak now. And like Matt was saying, as good as Elise was last season, and he probably will become a better player than Swift, Swift is currently a better player than Elise. And if we had both of them last season, and Mate and Jao, we could have maybe gone up automatically. Maybe. I don't want to say we would have, but it would have made a massive difference. And he's just... Yeah, I, I think it's... Um, I don't know if I want to say it's Gilfy levels yet, but he's the way he's going, he could easily get there. He's almost on 10 goals now, so it might slow down. But he's making such a big impact. He's creating chances all the time. Things happen with him on the pitch. And he's popping up at the right areas. He's making those runs... I feel like he started off as a goal-scoring midfielder and then he became more of a creative midfielder. And now he's blended the two and he's becoming the perfect number 10. And how he's then in the championship still, I have no idea. Probably his injury record, I assume. But he's, and maybe we pay him a lot of money, I guess. But he's just such a great player at this level. Probably the best midfielder in the league. Uh, the best midfielder that's never played in the Premier League, 100%. No, no doubt about it. It's great. Yeah, I'm going to get overexcited and saying he's... Uh at uh, the levels of the uh, Icelandic genius and because uh, <laughs> what I say doesn't matter anyway. So then three minutes later, Bashashori scores his goal. Really good work there from uh, Puskas getting the cross across. We're all completely forget that Hoylet completely miss kicks the ball and just kicks. I don't know what he's going for there, but it goes in there, Matt, doesn't it? And tidy finish. Yeah, it's decent. I think, to be fair, like Hoylet missing it probably was a bit of a blessing in disguise because I think... Delhi Bashiris was the easier chance given that he was able to take a touch and then pick a spot, um, especially because the keeper, I think, was expecting Hoylet to connect with it and it still stayed over the left-hand side. Um, yeah, I, I, nice work by Puskas again. Um, it is weird because, uh, and uh, this is something else I've said before, Like, I think the way he plays football uh, bleeds into people's expectations of him so even that didn't look like perfect and as flowing as swift did it but um the outcome was good and um the ball across was really nice as well to be fair mm. so um that did most of the job for delhi bashiru and yeah picked a corner and it was two nil and everyone's happy yeah totally keeps on putting crosses in like that um we're gonna get goals because it's the perfect uh, cutback isn't it it's across that angle it's not going to go to the goalie it misses out the first defender most of the time so yeah we'll may continue then we do what Reading FC do best recently, and they have for quite a while now, under Panovic, and that is concede a goal that just makes us all nervous. Now, the first thing that comes up on Twitter when we concede goals from any set pieces, zonal marking, zonal markle, get it in the bin, it's a disgrace, sack the manager, or you says it never works. I, I'm sorry, I, I don't put this down to zonal marking at all. I think Ovi Ajaria has had a bit of a dozy moment here, Nick. It's a great ball in, though, as well. But I think it's just poor individual. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. I'm a massive critic of the zone of marking. 
the back post just gets overloaded and either goes in or puts back cross goal because we can't deal with it. But on this occasion, that wasn't the case. It was a great ball then. Every time a free kick gets given against us, I poo myself a little bit, I'll be honest. I'm not too uh, composed when it happens because I just you just know a goal is probably coming. But this time, Ajaria should be dealing with it. It's on him completely, gets out jumps. Doesn't seem like he wants to be in that position, if I'm honest, from what I've seen of the replays. Uh, and yeah, I feel sorry for Southwood because he didn't deserve to concede last night and he couldn't do anything about it. He actually gets a foot on it, I think. But he uh, yeah, no chance of saving that. And we just need to, even when it isn't zonal marking's fault, we need to deal with free kicks, whatever reason it is, whether it's zonal marking or not zonal marking, just go for a game where we don't concede a goal for a free kick. Even don't concede a goal at all, but not for a free kick, please. It's just becoming boring now. I'm just fed up with it. it just needs to stop. We didn't concede for free kicks at all last season, really, and or corners, and we're doing it all the time now. It's crazy. I think we had a run when we didn't concede, and then in the last few months it started to collapse. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's kind of like a pattern that's continued. Yeah. Um, do you think that's fair, Matt, or am I completely misremembering what's happened to Reading and it's all got mixed up in COVID world? I I don't remember what happened last season. I tried to put it out of my mind, but like to be fair, um, on free kicks, like I just don't think that there's a team that defend free kicks differently to us. They just do it better than us. And like, um, uh, oh God, what's his name? Stephen Cabin Thirteen on Twitter. Um, he's done a piece for the Talhurst End. Um, who, you know, are we allowed to name the Tyler's end? Yeah, yes, cool. we are allowed. They're yeah. chill. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's got a piece about how Reading defend um, corners. And well, I think it's mainly corners because he doesn't agree with free kicks. But um, yeah, saying that it's not really any different to how we used to. And it's it, it, sometimes it just goes worse than it used to. Um, and yeah, I think, I think blaming zonal marking for something which is just the team being bad at defending is, is a little bit harsh sometimes. Yeah, I think so. It's just one of those moments. Sometimes everything just comes together. But thankfully, Bashuri scores a goal with only a couple of minutes to go. That is a complete thunder bastard, Nick, doesn't he? I mean, that is a goal that you just absolutely love to see. And you were sat right in line with it. Yeah, absolute world. And he, he literally winds up his foot for that one, takes a touch, and he's just looking at the goal. I think he said in his interview earlier, he heard the crowd and shouting, shoot, and Swift was urging him to shoot. And it's nice to have more than one midfielder that can shoot from distance now. We have Swift and now we've got Delhi Bashir and I'm assuming Drinkwater will be able to do similar. So that's uh, good to have. No, no problem having strike, uh, midfielders who can score from distance. And yeah, I'm right behind it. And it looked like it was, I mean, he hit it so fast and hard, but it looked like it was rising over the bar and suddenly dips just below the bar and then swerves again, a bit like a roller coaster. And um I mean, no chance for the keeper. It was just an incredible goal. Probably goal of the season so far. Um, not that I've gone for every goal in my head right now, but I can't think of anything better than that. It's just the movement on it, the power, the pace. No keeper saving that again. And um, three great goals, to be honest. His first goal was really well taken. Um, and yeah, I think when we conceded, the nerves around the stadium was clear. Everyone's panicking. I'm not sure about the players, but... The fans, like you could just sense it in the atmosphere. Everyone's quite panicked. We're going to do it again. We're going to do it again. Two-two, same same story. And it's just a relief when that went in that we wouldn't have to play any more minutes. I think what was that? Eighty-eight minutes. That he put that in. Yeah. And there's four or five minutes left, and it was just nice not 
having that long balls to deal with one dodgy mistake or one freak goal and it's it's over again and oh, that was the best bit about the goal I think as good as the goal was just having that relief that the game was over and we'd finally got that three points it's yeah great great feeling yeah even we can cock it up from there Matt could we we didn't have enough time if you give us another 25 minutes we might have managed it <laughs> No, and, and to be fair to Pauno, um, I don't really think that Peterborough threatened the entire match. Um, obviously, yes, we gave away our typical set-piece goal, but outside of that, they had a couple of shots from the edge of the box um, from Dembele, and which those are the two saves that Southwood pulled off. Um, and they didn't have loads of clear-cut chances other than that, so I guess you could say the game plan worked. Um, I was about to get very angry at Delhi Bashiru again for not passing it, but um, much like Liam Moore's goal the other day where I literally let out a yell of no as it rolled into the bottom corner. Um, but thankfully, I, I kept myself quiet for that one. So that, that was good. Um, yeah, I, 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 as I said, I'm not sure that scoring those shots is, is a sustainable offence. but um, No. Offence. Um, but it, it would be nice to have Puskas actually getting on the score sheet. But... It almost didn't matter last night. The win was what was important. So, yeah. Yeah, totally. And you brought up Liam Morther, who went off injured uh, much earlier in the game. And Tom Holmes came in there, Nick. And is this going to be a slight blessing in disguise that we need something to mix up that defence? Because it hasn't really worked. And Tom Holmes looks so good on the ball compared to Liam Moore. I'm not saying that he's the Knicks' greatest defender or anything like that. But in comparison, I think he had something extra. And... He definitely should not be playing at right back. Let's not play Tom Holmes at right back. It just makes him look not very good. And I think that it could be something that sometimes accidentally for a manager, it all comes together. And he hasn't meant it to happen, but just something happens in the ethers. Oh dear, I'm getting all like Mystic Meg here. But I think maybe we may have found a formula. Yeah, I like Tom Holmes a lot as a centre-back. I think he's... Uh, got a lot of potential. I think he's going to be at least a championship level player, probably possibly higher. Uh, I would have liked to have seen him start this set, if I'm honest, probably take Morrison out. Um, but they've both been poor, Morrison and Moore, this season. Um, I'm not sure what happened to Moore. He seems to just get wiped out and not get a free kick. Uh, so it's, it's a shame to get any injuries. Same with Raphael. Obviously, I want Southampton to get his run, but you want these players fit. You want these options available. Uh, but yeah, I mean, in, in a way, like you said, it's good to now get Holmes that run. Dan's not up to speed either at the moment by the sounds of it. So he's got this chance now. He's very good on the ball. Uh, I don't want him at right back. I'm not a fan of centre backs at full back, and he's too slow for it. Uh, but he was solid when he came on. He's a good defender. He needs a run of games. It's good to be with Morrison. Can't go wrong with some experience next to you. And it's a breath of fresh air, a bit like Southwood. It's a breath of fresh air to see a player come in that is ready. They, it's not like they've just come out of the academy fresh out. They've been around the first team now for over a season, two seasons. So it's um, going to be good to get that run in his position so he can show what he can do. Uh, and hopefully he doesn't get too good before he signs up new contract. <laughs> that's that's a very cynical way of looking at it. And I'm yeah. always a fan of that. I, I agree. Yeah, not too good. Then get really good immediately afterwards. Yeah. But we also heard from Panovic after the match that Dan and Drinkwater are moving closer towards match fitness. And maybe at some point, Matt, we're going to see Dan come in for Morrison because he hasn't been at his greatest this season. No, I thought that um, he was at fault for a couple of the goals against QPR. Um, 
yeah, as Nick says, he's not been that great the whole entire season. Now, I actually agree. I probably would have brought Holmes in for him um, from the start yesterday. Um, I don't quite know what's happened. Like, Morrison, to me, is the defender that should be um, competing with the striker and winning the headers. And he, it, that just seems to have completely gone away from him. Um, we saw Fletcher kind of like body him. Chris Martin did the same. And even... Um, Clark Lewis, is that his name last night? Sorry, Clark Harris, complete, Clark Harris sorry, yeah, yeah, completely went for me. Um, even he won a couple of headers, and um, Holmes actually looked much more assured in those aerial battles. So, yeah, I think that this will end up being a positive um, in terms of Holmes coming through. Um, and thankfully, we now have that centre-back cover um, that, you know, more being out is probably not a, not a good thing, however much people, you know, want to mm. criticise him. But... Thankfully, yeah, we brought in those centre-backs during the uh, transfer window, so hopefully we can cope. Yeah, let's hope so. We've got a really tough match coming up on Saturday. I'm not going to force you into the prediction, Matt, because I know you're going to do the preview show on uh, Friday. How do you think it's going to go? Do you think it's going to be kind of really, really tough, or do you think maybe Fulham a little bit overhyped? I have not seen much of Fulham this season, so I'm not going to comment too much on them. But what I would say is that I expect us to play quite a similar way to last night. Um, Paolo seems to like to set up to frustrate the opposition more than like setting us up to play how we want to play. So, yeah, I think we'll try and shut Fulham down. Um, I think that we would take a nil-nil, a, you know a one nil like smash and grab type thing whether that will happen i'm not sure but with john swift on the pitch as we've seen it's it's always possible so that's that's the hope i guess anything is possible anything is possible with john swift on the pitch isn't it and bashashuri now the new like john swift i don't know how that works but yeah that just came into my head <laughs> nick i will force you into a prediction because uh i might as well as you're here aren't you and um yeah. uh, I've been given a little bit of hope. It's probably completely false hope by the fact that Blackpool beat them on Saturday. Yeah. How do you think it's going to go? I see it as a bit of a free hit. Uh, I think we're going to have to play similar. I don't know if he'll make changes to suit Fulham, uh, to suit the attacking threat of Fulham and you know, bring in some more defensive-minded players in midfield, maybe. Um, we, if, when we play at Craven Cottage, we've... Uh, it's either an amazing win, a smash and grab, or we tank them, or they tank us. It's no in-between. It's either miserable or amazing. It's, it's no disappointing. It's, it's no middle ground. It's just great or just depressing. I feel like we're going to lose. I don't want to be too negative, but I feel like we're going to lose 4-0. I'm going to say 4-0. I'm going to be really negative. It's quite negative. I just feel like... They're quite <laughs> and negative. you don't want to be too negative. I know. I put that uh, on the negative I would, I side. <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to say 4-0 be a bit more positive than that. Um, but I think it's a free hit and I don't think, as much as I'm not a big fan of Panovic at the minute, I don't think it should decide his job unless it was really, really embarrassing, personally. Uh, hopefully I'm wrong and it's one of those occasions. Like the smash and grab the other new year where Charlie Adams scored. It might be like that. But they are a very good team. I don't think we've got going yet. And I think it'll take us a few games to get going. Um, we'll see the new additions come in more and get going as well. So, yeah, I think there's hope already. I don't think we're just, that's going to be a, a miserable 
day for our season, but I just think at the moment we're not there yet. Fulham looking very good, although they've slipped up a couple of times more recently against, like you said, against Blackpool. So it's not impossible, you never know. But I just I just feel like if we're not defending very well, I know, yes, I think yes, there's paper over crack slightly. But yeah, I don't know, I've been too negative, but yeah, I just don't fancy us at all. I'm going as well. So yeah. <laughs> I like that. Not too negative, 4 deal defeat. <laughs> I, it's like, I mean, <laughs> I dread to think what your like negative prediction would be. It'd be like 8 nil or something. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully not. Yeah. <laughs> no, I can see what you're saying exactly. If I'm being realistic, um, thinking with my head here, I'm going for a full and win. Just the fact that they've got the quality, haven't they? I mean, they're trying to get promoted. They're trying to win the league, essentially. And we're trying to stay up. We do lead goals, but then we also score them. So... I'm talking ourselves into a nil-nil here, aren't we? And I'll take that all day long. So we'll see how it goes. Thanks a lot for uh, listening. Uh, Matt Williamson will be back with the previous show on Friday. And uh, let's just enjoy the fact that we've got a win. <laughs>